Hey everyone, thanks so much for joining me for this week's episode of When I Grew Up. On today's episode, it is my honor and pleasure to welcome my guest, Nicole Kane. Hey Nicole, how are you? I am doing fabulous. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Um, so I um, found Nicole through some stalking, really. Like I just, <laughs> um, no, we have some mutual friends on uh, on Instagram, on social media, and I landed upon hers and was so inspired by her feed. Uh, Nicole is an artist uh, of sorts, I would say, and she's going to tell me more about what it is that she does and what she loves to do. Um, but yeah, Nicole, I, how have you been, by the way? Like just through I, everything, like pandemic, everything, just life in general. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think um, along with the rest of the world, the pandemic has been really challenging. Um, it's been a time of reckoning mm. across the globe um, on so many different levels, right? Like political, racial, yeah. whatever it is. Um, during the pandemic is also when I got pregnant. And I had the gift of bearing my first child. My daughter is now 15 months. So while it was really terrible in so many ways, it was also so wonderful. Um, and it was actually kind of like a catalyst. This time was a catalyst for my art career. Wow. Um, so that's a very long-winded way of saying I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, <laughs> so great. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that you're a new mom as well. And so for me, that just speaks volumes to the career that you've kind of, that you said has kind of catapulted in the last year. Um, also, being a mom is no easy task. Um, so balancing the two, I'm excited to like kind of hear about that that part too like how you balance your life and get things done and make room for the things that you love and also your loved ones at home um, but before we get into that um, yeah so what is it that you say that you do <laughs> so I think the simple way to put it would be artist but I like the term visual storyteller mm. Um, I illustrate, I paint murals, I do original works of art. Um, I do anything that's pretty much two dimensional. That's like mm -hmm. a visual, um, piece. Um, in the last year I have really kind of shifted my art practice. It's become more in between art and also activism. So there's a really mm -hmm. cute term for it. It's called artivism. So I feel like I am an artivist. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it's also still evolving. I don't necessarily think me, uh, my art practice is just something that's like a final thing. I never feel completely quite satisfied with where I am um, with my art. It's always just kind of like, I, I'm always figuring out the next step or the next project. Wow. Um, you said art, artivist? Yeah. Wow. So that's like a real term? It's just kind of like this lingo that I picked up um, while I was been working on some projects for um, some organizations. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, artivism came up and I was like, wow, that sounds a little bit like what I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I think that I became an artivist um, kind of around the Atlanta spa shootings. That's when I feel like my art was a lot more focused in empowerment um, and elevating some, I would say, underrepresented voices. Um, 
so yeah, I think that's when the shift happened. Okay, so let's talk about this for a second because you know a lot of thoughts come to my mind for someone that is really um, honestly not uh, versed in the art world. Um, I can appreciate it honestly, and when I see it, I'm like super amazed and intrigued by it because one, I am like totally artistically challenged in the ways that, in so many ways, <laughs> but but um, it's just not my gifting. But I can definitely appreciate it. Um, so you called it visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. But you, as an artist, how can you be like a voice in being an activist as well? Like, what do you mean by that? How is that illustrated? Do you get what I'm asking? Yeah, I okay. totally do. So I think the way I tell my story through art is while I make pieces, um, artists have a lot of artists are encouraged and often kind of told to talk about their art piece a lot. Um, that's actually been a big challenge for me when I was in college I was not very good at writing and kind of communicating verbally my like to go along with the art piece I'm like I'm an artist I'm a visual person why do I have to write on top of all this but um, recently I think I've just kind of found my voice in that Mm -hmm. Um, and just by simply sharing my story and my perspective I realized that so many people feel so connected to it um my experiences as a woman, as a new mom, Mm. um, as a Korean American, as second generation, I also lost my mother about 10 years ago, Mm. dealing with grief and loss. um, I've been able to reach and touch so many people just through my art and just Mm. sharing and talking about it. Uh, That's amazing. I mean, yeah, I think it's um, such a gift when you can communicate an emotion by something that's visual, right? Like, so I mentioned to you before, I studied mass communications and film. And so like when I watch something visual and it, it, it exudes an emotion out of me that, that uh, gives me the desire to do something, like mm-hmm. get up and do something, it really like is very moving, you know? And I feel like what you're doing and um, you guys go check out her feed on Instagram. It's really amazing. But uh, what you're doing is like, is exactly that, right? So you mentioned the Atlanta spa shooting. Um, that piece that I saw, um, you know what, guys? I'm just going to show you right now, just really fast because uh, it really, <laughs> sorry, Nicole. I just really No, 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 go ahead. I'm so flattered. Um, it really is like... I mean, this was a famous, a famous uh, photograph, right? That was taken. I f- or did you go in person to? Yeah, to- actually. So um, I, I don't know how long it was, but maybe it was like a few weeks after the shootings happened. Mm-hmm. Um, my baby was only like three months old, but my husband and I we decided to drive there and just we felt like it was kind of our duty. Like we mm. feel so connected to the city yeah. and especially like the Asian American community in Atlanta. Um, we thought it was important that we show up. And when we showed up, I actually, so that paint, that picture that you just showed, yeah, it's based on a photograph that I took. So <gasps> my husband is in the frame carrying my child, but I removed him and I put I, in place another figure. Um, I just got the chills. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was jarring being there, right? Mm -hmm. Like knowing that such a horrible thing happened, but also feeling like 
kind of empowered and seeing all these people show up, lay flowers. And um, yeah, it was just like a very sacred moment. Yeah. Um, and the photo iPhone quality, you know, like it was a great job capturing it, but I wanted to kind of channel that feeling, that same feeling of me being there. Um, so my style of art is just, I feel like I, I draw and I paint really quickly. So it's kind of like, okay. I feel like my art is just kind of supposed to give you like a real, um, strong emotion really quickly. Mm. Um, in the same way, I feel those emotions very deeply, but also really quickly. Like I process things very quickly. Um, so that's, that's what I was trying to convey with that illustration. And that was a part of series that I did for, um, Asian Americans Advancing Justice Atlanta. They hired me to do three illustrations for the anniversary of the spa shootings. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And yeah, I think you're right. Like, you know, it's there. I don't have to like look at it and try to interpret it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I can really appreciate for what it is that you have illustrated. Um, and I thought it was cool that Jeremy Lin posted your picture. <laughs> oh my gosh. I woke up and I was like, Wait, why is there a check mark in my feed or like my notification? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, Jalen, no way. Yeah. And then I went, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, it's Jeremy Lynn. Like yeah, I, I was geeking out. I, was I me too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like that's so crazy. Like, oh, because oh, I know Nicole's younger sisters, and I just thought it was cool that I kind of knew you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know me now. Like yeah. it's all good. But We're yeah, whole family. but yeah, that was really cool. I just, just a side note, but, um, so this is kind of, um, I feel like I'm asking questions all over the place as we That's okay. talk. That's how um, I talk. It's fine. But you, you had mentioned that, um, someone, what did, what was the organization Atlanta? So it's AAAJC. So Asian Americans Advancing Justice Atlanta. Oh, I'm sorry. Asian Americans Advancing Justice Atlanta. They, uh-huh. You said that they hired you to do this. Um, so like commissions like that, do they come up often for you or how does that even work? Um, so I will say my most of my commission work in the past have been for pet portraits. <laughs> um, so I just did something really fun for myself a few years ago. Like uh-huh. I had just adopted a dog and he was like the most precious thing to me. So I drew a picture of him on like a small wooden plaque. And then I like put it on Instagram. I was like, who likes these? Who wants these? And then for years, like, I think at this point I've done over 70. What? And so I had to retire because it was burning me out because the demand was so high. Um, and I'm just like, I'm only one person and I don't, I have a full-time job too. So it was just hard to manage that. And it wasn't just bringing me joy after like a few years. I mean, <laughs> it was wonderful for like a long time seeing people get so excited about their pet portraits, but then like I was, I started wanting to make art for myself. Mm. And so, um, that kind of commission work died out, like the portrait work, like family portraits and stuff. And so I just, I said, I closed it. Like, I'm not doing that anymore. Um, And it kind of, it was hard to make that decision because I had such a huge following based on that. Um, 
but I just felt it was so important for my personal growth to focus on art that I needed to explore. And it was again, sharing my story. Like, I think it is so important to share my experiences. It's not completely unique. Like, I feel like other people just needed to know that like my um, story is a lot like theirs. And so once I started shifting focus, um, it actually really started with another organization called Asians Americans, Asian American Advocacy Fund. Okay. Um, they hired me because uh, they selected me along with a huge number of Asian American artists in Atlanta mm-hmm. to put together a coloring book. So it's going to be released soon. I and heard so I'll about share this. More- yes. And so they said, we're going to pick like for every alphabet, we're going to highlight one important Asian American. And I saw Michelle Kwan and I was like, I want that one. And then I saw Vera Wang and I was like, I want that one. So I illustrated two portraits and they will be part of the uh, coloring book and it features some amazing artists. So it's based on that experience and that um, whoever managed it, her name is KB Boo. So uh-huh. she works on a lot of these creative projects around town. Yeah, She yeah. recommended me for this illustration project for spa shootings. So like it's networking. It's also mm-hmm. like having good relationships, um, being good communicator, being prompt, um, being collaborative. I feel like that got me this opportunity um, to illustrate the spa shooting. Yeah, man, that's really cool. Yeah, I heard about the coloring book too. Yeah. Um, and I saw today someone posted that um, the coloring book's gonna something is gonna be incorporated on the Atlanta Beltline or something yes. like that. Yes. Yeah. So what does that even mean? Be, like, it's gonna be so, up there. So along the Beltline, I think there are some fencing areas. Yes. Um, they're going to, I think, print it out <gasps> in large scale, so you'll be able to see it in full color. Oh my gosh. I am yeah, so, so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> but it this is what I'm saying is like it's been a timely thing for me. Like I've mm. always been making art. I think I'm making timely pieces and then the people who are seeing my art is just kind of spreading word. Yeah. And the projects that I've worked on are getting bigger and bigger. So I'm really really grateful to be selected as one of the artists for this coloring book because it's gotten me other gigs. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, so I want to go back to maybe the beginning, you know, in college and even before that, maybe high school. Is this, is art, I'm assuming art is maybe something you've always kind of enjoyed, but um, yeah, what were some of the steps that you took for your, for your future in college and your studies and stuff? Yeah, so I think I have kind of a, special story because um my mom was very supportive of my artistic endeavors Mm -hmm. I think some of my friends just didn't have that kind of support within their home sure so I feel very lucky my mom was always like egging me on and so in high school I got accepted to governor's honors program and I attended that you know summer camp for nerds and I (laughs) loved every minute of it because it really pushed my boundaries and my creativity and some of the friends that I've made there are like showing at major museums in like New York city. So it's just, um, it's opened up my world. Art has been such a huge tool for me also, like throughout high school, I've, this is just like going back way into my history, but I have lived in 
more than 20 homes and I've been to more, more than 20 schools. Oh, and so wow. for me, sometimes being the only Asian was a really scary thing, mm. but to be able to say, Hey, yeah, I'm Asian, but like, did you check out how good I am at this? It was kind of like my superpower mm. and it shielded me um, from any kind of, I feel like awkwardness. It was just kind of the thing I clung to. It was like a big part of my identity growing up. Mm. So when I went to college, um, I knew that I wanted to study art, but my college plans didn't go as planned because my mother was diagnosed with an aggressive form of leukemia when I was in high school. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, and I'm the oldest of four. So I just felt like it would be so selfish for me to be like, well, I got accepted at a big fancy art school. I'm just leaving, mm-hmm. which I think, you know, no one would have blamed me if I did that, but I felt a lot of guilt. Sure. Um, so I took a year off after high school, just kind of taking care of my mom, being at home, being with my family. And then I decided to go to a nearby school. So I got accepted to Oglethorpe University, which is that Harry Potter looking building in Atlanta. Yes. Yeah. So it was a great experience. Um, I didn't expect to enjoy my liberal arts education. Um, all of my Korean friends were going to tech or state or UGA. And I was like the only Korean (laughs) at Oglethorpe. And it actually turned out really great. Like I was involved in like student leadership positions, but then the third year of my college kind of like everything fell apart. So Mm. my boyfriend at the time died the same year that my mom died. So like it was, I went through like a lot of trauma that year. And so I had a difficult time finishing up school, but because I was in a small school and everyone knew me well, the administration really like tried to get me to graduate. So I did. I took an extra semester, but it happened. Oh my god. So gosh, like, Nicole. yeah, my personal circumstances, like I have to like bring it up because it was just, it's a big part of who I yeah. am. And it was hard for me after college because I... I had to deal with the loss of my mom and my dad had to lean on me for a lot of support and care for my young sisters. Um, And I felt very resentful, like in that position, I was 23, 22. (laughs) And I was like, everyone's getting these fancy internships, externships, entry-level jobs. And like, I felt very left behind. And so, um, when I kind of think about that time, it's just crazy where, where I am now. I am so shocked right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot for a third lot. year in and college. I you can't can, I'm happy imagine. to talk about it. Yeah, it was a lot. So, you know, I... I can I ask you questions about this? Absolutely. Okay? I'm I yeah. just feel like, you know, there could be somebody listening that maybe is going through a lot too. And I'm I yeah. Um okay, so your your mom passed away. So I she battled for what? Like a, a 3 4 years? So I think about 5 years. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. And so um after after she passed away, I mean, were you prepared or was it still a lot? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was 5 years that we got to enjoy with her. Mm-hmm. I still think it was it was completely devastating. It tore our family apart. Like sure. not 
literally apart, but it just messed us up. Like everybody. Yeah. Um, cause she was the person who held us all together and yeah. she's the one who kind of centered and grounded all of us. And yeah, it just shifted the entire family dynamic and to kind of navigate life without her leading the way was very scary. So I feel like I'm not normally actually a person to step up and be brave and take charge and take risks. But because of the things that have happened in my life, I faced my biggest fears. I think I've become very resilient. Mm. And I'm not saying that to like show off or anything. I just think that's just who I am. Yeah. And so when I am labeling myself as an artist, it's because I know about human resilience from a first, like from my own experiences. Yeah. And so it's so important to know that like, I, I want my art to exist so that I can comfort and encourage those who need it. Oh, I love that so much. <laughs> so good. No, because, you know, and, it, you know, from what you had mentioned earlier too, that your mom was your biggest cheerleader, right? And in being an artist. And, you know, I, I do, I think about um, students now that, that love art and are good at it, but aren't necessarily encouraged, right, to make this their life career because of fear of failure or not being successful, not having enough money. And we all know our parents want what's best for us. And I think you and I now also know as a, as a mom, right, like, they always just want what's best. And um, because that's, that's what I want for my children. I'm sure mm-hmm. you want that for your daughter. And But at the same time, you know, like there is this resentment that comes with it. And um, I just feel like it would have been so devastating, like you had said, to have lost your biggest cheerleader in the moment where you're just about to graduate. And oh man, Nicole, I'm so sorry for your loss. But no, thank you. Thank you. I um so actually after she died, I stopped p- making art for five years. It was just like really devastating for me. So I could not pick up a single thing. However, oh, man. it was still so deep inside me. Like yeah. my artist, the artist in me still craved it, but I like physically couldn't get myself to do it. So what I would do instead during that time is go see other people's art. Cause I could do that. I could manage it. I could enjoy it. And all that time for me, it was still research. Like it's not mindless. It's, I mean, it is socialization, it is networking, but also it was research. And so when I was able to actually start making art again is after I met my husband. Oh my God. (laughs) No, sorry. I'm being so serious though. I'm not trying to be cheesy, but it's just, I felt very healed in so many ways. No. I know you're not trying to be cheesy. I'm just processing everything <laughs> with you right now. And I'm just like so floored. Like because because it all makes that makes sense to me, right? Like it mm-hmm. makes sense. But also um the hardship that was endured during this five years of maybe I mean now I'm sure you could look at it as growth, right? But when you're in it, it's like heartache is complete oh yeah totally I mean I felt very lost in that sense um I kind of had the same feeling after having the baby too right because your identity is like kind of it's not necessarily gone but it's not like a priority like who you are is not a priority Right. right and so yeah just kind of going back to it I think losing that person for me Mm. 
for me, like my identity as, and my self-worth as a person was really grounded by my mother. Mm. And then to not have that, I was just like, this is just so meaningless. I don't want to do this. And it was more focused on, I was at that point, more focused on survival and kind of practicality. Mm. I'm not a practical person. I'll just tell you that. I'm a very (laughs) emotional, artistic, expressive person. Mm. But I also think that was a, I don't regret not making art. Like I had to go through what I had to go through to be pumping out art now the way I do. Yeah. But yeah, I met my husband about a few years after she passed away. Um, but I felt like, you know, he, be- he became my person and he's been like my number one cheerleader. Like he's, he's out there when I'm making murals, he's like getting drinks for everybody. He's packing all my supplies. He's doing all of those things. And so, so I just feel like having that backbone and somebody to kind of champion you, um, it certainly changes everything. So I was able to pick up a pencil and draw again. And the first thing I drew without me even actually realizing I did this was a picture that my friend took on a mission trip of a mom holding her child. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a poetic connection. I didn't realize that's what would draw me back, but it did. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. It was really cool. I keep getting the chills every time you say something. Wow, that's really awesome. Um, okay, I'm just asking this because I'm really curious. So how did your your boyfriend pass away? Oh my gosh. So he um, he and I were friends since freshman year. Uh-huh. And he's one of the best people I've ever met. Uh-huh. Um, just the kindest person. So he was on a uh, winter, what do you call it? Like a winter trip? um with the school it was like a school trip over winter break okay and he was in Costa Rica and it was kind of like a science research trip and it was one of the off days so a student a group of students just went swimming and he got caught in a riptide oh my gosh yeah so if I'm being very honest like my early 20s my because I went through so much severe like emotional trauma, like my memory is really bad. Like it's very spotty, like in that area. Like I can't remember a lot of stuff during that time. I don't, yeah. Wow. That's crazy. But he was also so supportive of my art too. Like I just, yeah. yeah. That's, oh man, I'm so sorry. That's terrible. Um, It is terrible. It is terrible. And I, but I also know that like, you know, I just believe that they're in a much better place. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I believe that too. Okay. Going back to your art, but I'm sorry. I just was so curious. I had you to can ask, ask you. me anything. Um, I'm a, I'm a very open book. Thank you. And if there's ever anything that you don't want to talk about, just say pass and I'm good. Okay. <laughs> um, but well, yes. Yeah, so going, so you started, you took, you, you stopped for about five years. You said, so when you grad, did you graduate? Sorry, I don't remember what you yeah, said. Yeah, so I graduated. I took an extra semester uh-huh. and I was a commuter student that like fifth year. I see. Um, and then I graduated and then I just started working part-time jobs. Like okay. just, I couldn't like right. land. Yeah, I was like, I don't know where to go. Like I had a degree in studio art mm-hmm. and then I just felt like I was kind of missing that momentum that I everybody see. had kind of 
ridden, you know, their senior year. And I was just like, not in a place to be far away from home or yeah. So I worked some part-time jobs, but I also was like, okay, I need to still be close to art. So I worked at Johns Creek Art Center doing like just administrative work for a few months. Oh, wow. Okay. And then, but all this time you weren't picking up any drawing stuff or painting. Okay. And so after you drew that first picture, when you're like kind of okay like you did it like you was it like a I, I'm going to do this today or you just kind of saw this picture and started drawing or yeah I was just like okay this picture is just like this photo is so lovely like I think I think I can draw it mm-hmm. and it it's um there wasn't so much thought behind it and I just it was very intuitive and it felt very easy going mm-hmm. back to it and then after that I just did a whole series of portraits of women. Wow. And what happened was, this is another like wild story. Okay. So I was like, you know what? I have a bunch of pictures. Like I want to kind of, I want to share it with friends and family. Uh And so I knew of this guy who was just holding these art parties in Cabbage Town. Okay. Out of his house. And so what he would do is like one day out of the month, he would ask an artist to just like take over his house like his first floor and just like put up all their art and then he would invite a bunch of people over and it would just be a party what that's and so, so cool. I was like it was so cool so I was like okay I feel like I have a good chance he's not a gallery or a museum like I have a good body of work it's not a huge space to fill up so I asked him and he was like sure super low like super laid back And so I created, I filled up his whole house with portraits of women, women of color in different stages of life, some women that I know very personally. And then at the, (laughs) and then my husband proposed to me that night. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Are you serious? Crazy. I was so stressed out that night. And I was actually like, don't talk to me. Like to everybody. I was like, my art is like, this is the first time I'm showing my art in forever. Right. Like, I don't know what anyone's going to think. Like, so like, vulnerable. I felt very vulnerable. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, he proposed to me. And it was so cool because I love the show Stranger Things on Netflix. Okay. And some of the cast members were there. What? <laughs> because they're like friends with the guy right. who lives there. And they're filming in Atlanta. Yeah, that was like too much for me that night. <laughs> like every picture of me, like my eyes are super puffy from crying. Like I took a picture with the cast. I was like, thank you for coming. But yeah, it was one of the most memorable nights of my life. That is insane. Yeah, it's a really fun story. Um, it was Charlie, Natalie, and Jonathan. It's okay, like I don't the know their teams. names, but I know yeah. the people. <laughs> Yeah, if you watch Stranger Things, you know who I'm talking yes, about. Yes, yes. Man, that is so cool. That it was so super cool. Crazy. That is an insane story. <laughs> but ever since then, I think my art's kind of, you know, I've always had a full-time job. So um, back then I was working at Alliance Theater in their education department. Mm-hmm. And then um, currently I'm working at Oglethorpe University in career development but I'm still managing a whole art career on top of it. Yeah. So I, I was, the pet portraits was kind of a thing to keep me 
like in practice. Because if I didn't have something, like if somebody wasn't checking in on me or something like it was a structure, like a loose structure that I created for myself. Um, And then once that really took off, I was like, okay, I just need to change it up. Yeah. Yeah. So um, after your, your showing in Cabbage Town, like, did anything come from that? I mean, other than a marriage and a wonderful life, but but like, um, like, did any, like, did anyone say anything to you that night that you were like, yeah, like I need to be continue to do this or anything like that? Yeah. So the fun thing that happened was that I got to sell a lot of my pieces that night and I sold, I think, almost every piece <gasps> that night, which was, it was very, like, I made it very affordable. They were smaller pieces. Don't get too impressed. But um, that was definitely a huge motivator for me to be like, okay, I think I can keep doing this. Yeah. Um, it's not just like a hobby. It's still who I am. Like, I read this thing on, like, Instagram, like, just because you're not making art at the moment. It doesn't mean you're not an artist. Mm. So I feel, I feel that Mm. like, yeah, in my soul for sure. Um, But that was definitely something that affirmed and validated my identity as an artist. And I think from then it's been kind of a steady path of creating and building a body of work that I'm really proud of. Yeah. Um, And then like, yeah, the pandemic hit. And then I had a lot of free time. I was furloughed for a few months. um, And I just cranked out like a ton of artwork during that time. So what is your favorite kind of like art to draw, like, or to paint? I'm sorry for my terminology. I don't know. (laughs) You're doing great. Um, (laughs) I love painting. So I love especially painting on wood. Um, I'm not very good at following rules. So oil painting is just always like been really oil painting is very process driven. Okay. You have to be very patient. Mm-hmm. You have to wait for the paint to dry for days. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> and you have to clean your brushes or they get all messed up. And uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm a very like, I'm a hot headed person. I feel like I go very fast with things. So water-based paint on wood is my, is my jam. That's my favorite. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, um, do you like, do you prefer like, you know, like, I think you prefer people, right? Like, yeah. So I I love doing portrait work. Okay. Um, but I also abstract work is pretty hard, honestly, for me. Mm. Um, I have some friends who are amazing abstract artists. Um, and I don't think I could ever get at their level, but I think portrait work is probably, my thing and especially portraits of my mother I've done a lot of portraits of her wow that's what a gift to have um you know like you you just now you said I don't ever think I could get on their level like the abstract artist but what does that mean so like does that mean you as an artist even though you have a particular style like you could get better at this thing absolutely oh my gosh I still think for me um Sometimes I will surprise myself. I'll be like, okay, I didn't know I could do that. Okay. (laughs) I did that. Like sometimes it happens like completely accidentally. Like I'll be like, like my brush will tilt just a little bit. And I think I smudge something and I look at it. I'm like, that's the perfect shadow I needed. Mm. And it's very, a lot of, I feel like my art can be a good coincidence. Like Mm. sometimes with abstract art, there's not like 
a point where you're like, okay, it's supposed to look like something, right? Like there's, it's just, it's abstract. It doesn't really look like anything in particular. And so there are artists who are very intuitive and just know when to stop. And I'm somebody, I feel like I will overwork to look for an end point. I have done some abstract pieces that I'm very proud of, uh, but it's not as natural for me as it is for other people. Mm. I think me kind of noticing, yeah, I think portraits are probably my strength. So when you um, start a portrait from start to, I mean, I would assume it depends on how big it is, but like from start mm-hmm. to finish, how long does that process take you? Um, you know, sometimes actually small pieces do take a lot of time. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm a, I'm a very fast painter. So as an artist, I don't benefit if I charge somebody an hourly rate because okay. I would be done with something and I would be out of money. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's just kind of like I charge my clients based on my expertise, my materials. Um, and the conceptualizing is probably like the hardest thing. But like a pet portrait on a good day could take me like an hour or two. Oh, and then that seems fast. It's very, it's very fast. Okay. Okay. It's pretty fast. I would say it's not the fastest, but I think it's yeah. pretty fast. A big, big painting I did. Um, I was commissioned by a client to do a portrait of her grandmother mm-hmm. and the painting was like three feet by four feet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I finished it in about three days total. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So and do you need like absolute focus or how does that work for you? Oh my gosh. It is a process. I am <laughs> such a distracted person. Um, but when I'm in my zone, I'm like, I go, I crank it out. So mm-hmm. like I, <laughs> I have like a time that I set where I just like need to center myself and like get myself focused. Okay. So I will like chip away at my paint palette like all the dry paint I'll turn on Netflix and watch a few episodes to like you know it just depends I don't think there's a real magic process or anything like but there but is a I, process in place maybe <laughs> but once I get working I get working I see okay but sometimes it's for me getting to the work part is like it takes me forever so I don't know why oh yeah I think that's most of us so in everything you think so okay okay yeah yeah um Okay, so like you said, you have a, a full a full-time job as well, right? I do. So then what does a typical day look like for you, Nicole? Um, so I would say my pandemic self uh-huh. is it like it's kind of loosened up those areas, right? Okay, like it's okay. not like um so I work hybrid. I work a few days from home and a few days at the office, which is at Oglethorpe University. So for the days that I do work at home, um, if I am slow with emails, if it's a slow day with just a lot of work, mm-hmm. um, I will dedicate time to painting. So I'll just kind of split my time that way. Okay. And it's actually really good for my brain. Like, honestly, it keeps me very alert and engaged. Um, but yeah, I just spend a lot of time with my dog and my art. I would say half of the week. And then the other half of the week, I am at the office Um, and I like that because I like seeing people, I'm a very social person. So, um, it really helps me to like, not always be at home by myself or just at the studio. 
Um, that's that's good. Yeah, I think balance is really key in a lot of people's mm-hmm. lives. Um, you know, I want to ask, and I don't. Yeah, I'm sorry if it's so if it's like really forward, but um, I'm curious to like so say someone wants to be an artist, mm-hmm. and they're like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Listening to you, Nicole, like that's exactly what I want to do. Um, I mean, is it? Uh, possible to just do that without supplementing with another job like survival survival wise yeah absolutely okay um so I think you know I want to maybe down the line get to that point Mm -hmm. um part of it is also being able to provide a fam provide for a family sure it's not that we're financially strapped or anything um but I have friends who are full-time artists. So we actually um, really encourage each other. We share information because I think choosing an artist's life, there's not a set path really. So mm. you get what you put into it. Sure. Um, yeah. And so if I invested all of my time um, marketing myself, branding myself, creating works, I do feel like I could ultimately get to that point. I'm not quite ready to make that huge jump to become a full-time artist. I think I'm quite close. Um, and it is my long-term goal. Okay. Long-term as in just like a few years down the line. I think wow. it's getting closer. Yeah. But I have friends who have just really taken the leap of faith um, and are providing for a family just based on their artist income. The thing to kind of um, consider is creating art, the type, certain types of art isn't is labor. And so you are, um, wearing out your body. So make sure to just consider that. Um, I have friends who have health issues because they just overwork their arms because they've been painting so much. I've never Um, thought of this. Yeah. 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 It's a physical thing. Right. So for me, um, I've made myself a little bit of a comfort, like a comfort area, right? Like I have different, Mm. um, different levels of kind of the physical demands in my art a mural is definitely by far the most demanding you are on a ladder you're balancing you're carrying heavy tools you're covering bigger surfaces and then paintings kind of in between that and my illustrator um, self I just work off of an ipad Mm. and so I just I have a range and I have some options so I think it's important to just consider that if you're an artist um if you're going to be a full-time artist, you have to be tenacious and you have to be unafraid of rejection and you have to just be able to bulldoze through all of that. And yeah. it is super hard to do that as an artist when you're sensitive creatures like myself. Um, but after a few rejections, nothing really like stings anymore and you just keep applying. But the thing about being an artist and being able to survive on an art income is just, you have to be, you have to have a lot of drive, a lot of self-motivation. So it's not as easy as it looks. You have to update your own website. You have to be the person that talks to clients when they say, come take a look at my house or whatever. Um, you have to chauffeur around your own art. You have to ship materials. You have to know the ins and outs of a whole business. Wow. 
Um, it's a lot. Yeah, that is a lot. And mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, it makes sense. Obviously, if anything you're going to be good at is to put a little bit of work into it, you know. And right. I think you know, especially nowadays. And I've said this on previous episodes, but like um, the way um, life is right now, right, with social media and just internet and whatever. Um, I think the grass looks always just greener right Mm -hmm. on the other side you know you Mm -hmm. just it looks easy it seems like you're doing it yeah I can look at your feet I'm like man yeah Nicole's just knocking it out and she's so awesome and she makes it look so easy but um definitely the work has been put in the years have been put in and yeah um, when it comes to your story it's like you have been through it in order to be where you are today which is so amazing to witness and i'm so grateful that that. yeah yeah absolutely you know i had mentioned at the very beginning of our chat that i wanted to ask you about what it's like um to balance like being a mom and having a full-time job and being an artist and um yeah could you speak on that just a little bit for me first of all i'm very tired (laughs) (laughs) yes that's across the board all moms (laughs) like on a deep level like being able to preserve and work at my art, Mm. um, makes me a better mom. It makes me a better wife. It makes me a better person because I know who I am. Um, I think a lot of moms struggle with that. It's unbelievably hard, right? You are physically changed. You are hormonally changed. Like everything in your world has been changed, but it doesn't necessarily affect anybody else. Like to the level that you have been affected. right? Right. It was very isolating. And I uh, honestly, after giving birth, like I really miss my mom. Like I was like, oh, of man, course. she was here. She could give me some wisdom. We have to like figure these things out. We're responsible for a whole life. Um, <clears throat> so one of the things that my husband noticed was that like, I wasn't given like a creative outlet, like um, while I was recovering um, and taking care of a newborn. So he actually is the one who introduced the idea of digital illustration and like the works that have just kind of taken off is my digital illustration. So he was like, you can just work from your bed. Like, again, he's somebody who's been very supportive and encouraging. And he kind of gave me that push to do it. And I just picked up on it. Mm. And so what I do is I stay up a little bit later to do the art that I want to do. You just stretch your hours a little bit and you just get a little bit more done than you used to before a baby. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I'll ever feel like completely balanced, you know, cause I feel like in certain ways, like, yeah, I've fulfilled my art self. I'm taking care of my baby, but I haven't had alone time with my husband. So something kind of takes the hit sure. and my dog is like super depressed. <laughs> like He's like, everyone's forgotten about me. He's always so sad. Um, we're working on that. Yeah, um, no, at our house too. I, I before my kids so my husband bought my dog for me like as a gift for when we were dating and now she's like cold rice you know (laughs) for real and I was yeah thankfully think my my youngest my three-year-old my daughter she loves animals so like she adores Lola my dog but Mm -hmm. I'm like 
it's like another 15 minutes I have to put into my schedule for like sending people off to school, making food and everything. It's just anyways, it's a whole nother story. But yes, I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. So I think like I just kind of rotate those things. Yeah, um, yeah. Like I will always have to be a mom, you know, like I can't not do that part. But like, you know, some days I'll pour a lot of myself into my art. And that means sometimes the house is a little messy. And other days I won't be able to make some art and I can just do some stuff around the house. And so I think right now I'm just kind of learning how to prioritize those things. And it gives me a good reason to also tell my clients, my time matters a lot more than it used to. Like it's, it's got more value now. So you do have to pay more because I'm having to carve out my life to do this. Yeah. yeah. And so I think honestly, it's helped me to see how to um, set boundaries in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just be good. I have to, we have to, as moms, be good at like letting go, yes. right? Like yes. of what we want or what we expected. Pick and, and choose so, your battles for sure. Totally. Yes. Like, it's just kind of like a exercise and like, yeah, it's just a constant exercise and letting go. So still working on it, haven't perfected it, but um, at least to people who are asking me for art, I've been able to put my foot down and say, you just need to pay me more. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And they don't um, even flinch. They're like, oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, well, you know, we're, I, we're kind of coming to a close on our, our time together. And I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know that it's valuable. Trust me. <laughs> No, this is great. I want to be here. Don't worry. No, no. I And I'm super grateful and super honored, Nicole, truly. But I always ask people before we close our time together, do you have any advice? I feel like you've given a lot of good pieces of advice throughout. But um, yeah, maybe one last piece of for somebody that's wanting to be an artist or aspires to be or any just like life advice at all. Yeah. I really like, so for a long time, the Bible verse, um, I don't even know where it comes from anymore, but um, that resonated with me so deeply was when I am weak, then I am strong. I was like, that doesn't make sense, like in a logical way. But when you have been through um, battles, obstacles, failures, um, those are the moments when you want to give up and give in and say, just throw in the towel and say, you know, like, I don't want to do this anymore. That's the best time to step up. I think I truly believe that. And I, I'm a huge, yeah. I just believe that like you and I, everybody who is listening in have that deep inner strength, like Mm -hmm. deep in us. And so I think when we go through these difficult things, it's going to awaken that sense Um, so I would say just lean into that. Mm. Your failure is not the end. It's just a part of the process and it's just sharpening who you are. And so for me, I think, um, remember to fail forward, right? Mm. Like just keep pushing forward. Um, and you're, if you have a goal, just, you will get there. Like it's not a straight path. Um, it's narrow and windy and sometimes it leads you even backwards, but I think you just need to trust your struggle. Man, 
really, really good stuff to to share. I as you're talking, I'm like so true, right? Like failure, and you're not the first person to say that on the podcast. Honestly, like failure needs to happen in order for you to move forward, like you mentioned. Um, but even now, as you're saying it, even if it, that it's not the first time I've heard it, it's like such a vulnerable and scary place to be. You know, like totally admitting that you're not good at it or you failed at it and you have to pick up the pieces to move forward you really have to be brave honestly and I think um man your story truly Nicole like it it is a picture of what that really looks like and how when you overcome and but not even just like immediately right like you took the time to do it Mm -hmm. um, and do it well is how how you can be restored and continue forward. Um, that's what I really love, that it was okay for you to take that time. Yeah. yeah. I think for me as a person, I'm just always in a hurry. And I'm like, no, I need to be qu- I need to be quick in my healing. I need to like I need to do this fast. And fast doesn't always mean like good or right or that's what you should be doing and so yeah and I think there is a way to struggle even gracefully Mm. and not necessarily falling completely victim to um when you when you feel like you are failing there are a lot of lies that can enter in your mind and (sighs) there's a lot of um things out there telling you that you're not doing well yeah but despite what's happening outside, like you just need to know your inner strength and your identity and your roots. For me, a lot of the things that did help me was my, um, my spirituality and also that one or two people in your life who are just like relentlessly supportive of you, no matter what. And so having good people around too, I would say is a major thing in your life and how it shapes your future. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so I want Vera, my daughter, to yeah. always have good friends. I'm always going to be looking yes. at who's yeah. near her. So hard when you have <laughs> kids. It's like, how do we, how do we do I this? Know. Like, you know, they're going to, they're going to mess up. They're going to fail. But yeah. I just, again, like I want, if they're going to fail, I want them to do a good job at failing too. Yes. Oh, so good. So good. That's harder for me, but I know that I have to do that. <laughs> I'm like such a perfectionist, like to the, yeah, it's hard for me. But yeah, I'm like, I've given up on perfect a long time ago. Yes, I, I need just, to be there. It's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm so slow. I'm, I'm like so messy. And like, I'm like, I'm a rule breaker. Like my husband is a very, like, he's a rule follower. He does everything like the right way. And I do everything backwards. And then he has to redo it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I build things like completely wrong. And then he gets so mad. That's so funny. Yeah. I love it. But the perfect team, it sounds like. Yeah, it's a good balance, yeah, I think. Sounds good. That's really good. Um, well, again, Nicole, I am so appreciative of you and your story. And I feel like we just like kind of hit the surface. But um, if there is anybody that listens to this episode today that is like, man, I really want to connect with Nicole. Would you be open to me yeah absolutely I think the best way to connect is through social media okay um I'm pretty active on Instagram so it's just my name Nicole Kang and then my husband's last name on um but yeah let's let's connect on Instagram 
Awesome. Thank you so much again. Well, guys, if you have any questions for Nicole or me, or you just want to reach out, you can, um, like she said, you can connect with us on social media, or you can email me at podcastwigu at gmail.com. Thanks again. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, Nicole. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.